0: Good evening and Merry Christmas to all of you. And just relax for the next 35 minutes. We'll be done in 35. And you may be wondering why you're telling me 35 minutes. Because I know there's a lot of guys that have been dragged here, coerced under the powers greater than themselves, to come to church on Christmas Eve. I just wanted to let you guys know, 35 minutes. So just relax and enjoy as we talk about Christmas. You know, Christmas is really has a lot to do with wrapping. I mean, it really does. How many of you have a family member who steers the Christmas wrapping paper theme, meaning that you've got a mom or somebody that decides that we're gonna go with red, with the tweed, with whatever? How many of you, you got that kind of person, you're living with that person? I live with that person. She's like, do you think I should call the girls and let them know what colors I'm going with? I'm like, oh, my goodness. I just want to know if I'm getting my cowboy boots for Christmas. But Christmas really is wrapped up a lot of different ways, and it's wrapped up in a lot of different stories. And and some of those stories connect directly to Christmas. And we talked about some of them, like, for instance, the Grinch. That one directly uh, connects with the story of belovedness when he finds out that his heart could be transformed by being loved. Then we, we learned about uh, Scrooge and how he had uh, focused on the material world and how he could have something more significant in his life. And then Charlie Brown, how he really felt like he was a failure all of his life and that little Christmas tree represented him, but then he discovered something so much more in the Christmas story. But there are others as well. My all-time favorite Christmas story is It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Starr. Jeremy Starr, I mean, some of the older people know what I'm doing. The younger ones just think I've got Tourette's or something. But uh, it, 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 it was this incredible story about a guy who finds out the purpose of his life. You gotta watch it, it's absolutely amazing. And then there's the story of St. Nicholas, and you know St. Nicholas' story, I Won't Ruin It becomes you know, the is a close story. And, you know, uh, and so we get that. And that's kind of a cool story about giving and, and being selfless and helping others. And then there's a Christmas story. Oh, that's, that, that Red Rider BB gun, that was, you know, how many of you had one of those as a kid? They were absolutely amazing. And, and usually you shot somebody's eye out with it. And the mom was pretty much spot on throughout the whole movie. But the reason why I thought that it connected was that all along the dad knew his son's heart even though the son didn't know it. And the son thought he had to do all kinds of things to get noticed by the father, but all along the father already knew the desires of his son's heart and he met that desire. To me that really speaks about my relationship with God. And then there was a movie that's kind of a favorite for me but I, I worked really hard theologically, philosophically to produce a metaphor that comes out of this movie that would kind of make this like connected to the Christmas story, but I really couldn't, and it was this one. It was the one with um, Uncle Eddie uh, emptying the RV. Yeah, one of the classic movies, uh, National Lampoon's of Christmas uh, story, Carol, Christmas yeah, yeah, it was a really good movie. and But I had a hard time connecting that to Jesus. So if some of you are spending some time drinking some eggnog this evening and all of a sudden you go, I got it, just send me an email on how that connects to the Jesus story. But even though the other ones don't come with a chapter and verse that's directly connected to the scriptures, they all pull from the imagery these masterful ideas about sacrifice, about giving, about purpose, about meaning, and connect it back to the Christmas story. Even though some of them have some myth and have some fiction built into them, there are threads that go back to that original story of the manger and of Christ and the redemptive story that God has worked out into our lives. See, God loves communicating his story, and he communicates his story in different ways through the Christmas story. For instance, there's the magi that are drawn into the conversation in the story because of an astrono- astronomical event. They show up because they're looking at some charts in Babylon about you know astronomy slash uh, astrology and somehow figure out that this king's going to be born when these stars line up. And for them, they were like, We're in the story, if it happens astronomically, I'm interested in the story, and maybe some of you are kind of that person. We were on our way to go see the lights at at James Island County, County Park, and it didn't work out, there was a big, giant traffic jam, and you know, we've all seen it about a gazillion times, we think we all know where they are, but at the same time Jupiter and Saturn were lining up in a conjunction producing what may be the Christmas star manifestation so we pulled off to the side of the road and with the grandkids and just took pictures of of the star and it was just absolutely amazing it was the kind of thing that pulled me into the story it was it just kind of grabbed me but with the shepherds it it really wasn't used on the shepherds. Matter of fact, it's, you know, it happens two years later, but the shepherds, God didn't use a, a magical star or a, a conjunction to do that for them. Why? Well, because they're out there pushing somebody else's sheep around every single night, and while they're out there, they got nothing else to look at other than stars up there. So if you say, hey, you want to go out and see the stars? They're like, Yeah. Come, why don't you come push the sheep around because I I see the stars every single night. So they weren't told about the star. And we find out that God speaks to Joseph through a dream. He speaks to Mary through an angel in a visitation. He talks to Nicodemus about being born again. He talks to the woman at the well about streams of living water flowing out of her innermost being. He talks to the crowd on a mountain one day, feeds 5,000 people, and tells them about the Beatitudes, about how to live a blessed life. He talks to the Pharisees and tells them that they need to repent. See, all of these are facets of the same story, threads coming from the same tapestry. But, but only us and God know what story needs to be spoken into us. I'm not saying that there are many Christs and that there are many redemptive stories. I'm just saying that God knows how to speak that redemptive story into our own personal lives. He knows your journey. He knows if you're kind of like the shepherds, you know, blue-collar workers just kind of doing what they do, and there really is no forward advancement. There really isn't any hope of maybe property ownership or ever becoming a royal or becoming famous. They'll just go throughout their life doing their job as a good citizen of the commonwealth. He knows your experiences. He knows your disappointments and successes. You know, the word that really came to me, and it came to me today with the word niche, or niche, or niche, or whatever you want to do. If you're the kind of person that will come up and correct me afterwards, don't, okay? <laughs> just just don't. But this it's this word niche, and niche is a really cool word. See, when Susan breaks out a new kind of bucket of ice cream, what she'll do, is she'll go over to the faucet, turn on the hot water, and she'll she'll heat up this scoop thing, you know, with the little thumb action there, and she'll heat it up so that when it goes into the ice cream, she curls it around like that and pulls it out and then puts it on top of a a cone. Yes, I live in heaven, but that's exactly how it goes. But if you look back into the bucket or into the, the pint from where the ice cream came, you'll see this curved out spot. See, the Italian masters of art in the Renaissance, would do an incredible statue, and then they would build into their architecture a a little, like, ice cream cone swatch pulled out, and they would put the statue there, and it was called a niche. See, every one of us in our time-space experiences live out a scoop of time. We all live in a niche. And for some of us in that niche, there's failure, disappointment, Joy, success, abuse, divorce, addiction, whatever it may be. But, but it happen, all of us live in this, this niche. And 2020 has been a niche year. We all got kind of like, pff, pff, you know, from, from 2020. This niche was carved out. And for a lot of us, we found ourselves in our niche, afraid, disappointment, suffering loss, fear in our lives, all kinds of things happening. See, Christ wants to speak love and redemption into everybody's niche, not just certain kind of people. And and maybe that's the connection to Uncle Eddie, okay? Maybe I couldn't see how Uncle Eddie could be a part of the Christmas theme but when you think about everybody has a niche, Uncle Eddie has a niche, meaning that God wants to speak into his place, his life experiences the Christmas story. So if you've ever wondered why, what's that? Well, I, I, there's kids here. Um, why is why is there that star story, and and what about this manger thing, and 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 what about the wise men, and why is that all in there? It doesn't, I mean, they're not all required for belief, but why are these elements in there? It's because with every part of the story, God is scooping a niche, scooping a niche, scooping a niche. He's creating a spot for where the story of Christ and redemption can fit your life. So let me encourage you. I think I'm down to about 20 minutes now. In about 20 for about 20 minutes, let me just challenge you, encourage you, just ask you to allow as I read the Christmas story, that you find your niche in it. That there's a place that God wants to speak into in your life. No matter if it's been good or bad, God wants to speak into your life his redemptive story. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. That's a niche of life, isn't it? Dock workers working on the train. You know, construction workers, drywallers, roofers. You know, uh, nurses. You know, it's a, he, we're already told that there is a there's a niche of people that God wants to speak to. They were keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, "Behold, um, fear not." For behold, I bring you in your niche good news of great joy that will be for all niches, all people. For unto you is born unto every single one of us, divorced, addicts, afraid, COVID, bankrupt, job lost, white, black, transgender, whatever, into every niche, the joy and the love and the message of God is being presented. For unto you this day is in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. And I love this. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. That, that doesn't do it for me. I, I don't know about you. I mean, it's like, why would that be a sign? See, that doesn't connect with my niche. The star would have connected with my niche, but that doesn't connect with my niche. Why doesn't it connect with my niche? Well, see, the the shepherds, they knew humility. They knew having nothing. They knew what it was like to go without. And so, the angel and God communicate the story that here's something that you'll recognize you'll know you're in the right place because this speaks to your life. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us that the Lord has made known into my niche, my divorced niche, my single-parenting niche, my unmarried niche, my whatever it is niche. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So tonight, Over the last few minutes that we spend together, whether it's in the reading of the story or whatever, or maybe in communion, we'll say, well, what about communion? Well, it's a really simple illustration. It's bread and juice representing body and blood. That's in my niche. I don't know if it's in yours. Body and blood are in my niche. Broken and poured out in my 2020 is in my niche. I know what broken feels like, and I know what being poured out and losing is all about. So tonight, whether it's in the story or the presenting of this br- simple bread and, 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 and a cup for shepherds, we are being reminded that the story of Christ fits into our lives. Or maybe it will be when we light the candle and we sing Silent Night together. But let God speak to you tonight. Let this be a time when he speaks into your life. The diversity of the Christmas story is not by accident. The fact that God brought so many different kinds of people into the story was to show that God is still trying to bring so many different kinds of people into the story. So just allow God to speak into your niche tonight. Because God has a niche. I was thinking about it. It's like, well, what's what's God's niche? It looks like this. The prophet Isaiah said that we were engraved in the palms of his hands. That we are the apple of his eye. See, that's holding two hands like that is... That's a niche and God's got you in his niche. This could have been just another 2020 Christmas Eve service, but tonight God wants to make it something more special. Even in just a few minutes, he wants to fill your niche with purpose, with hope, with love, with joy, no matter what kind of niche you go home to tonight, that you can, go, you can go home, live your life with the peace and the love and the joy that the shepherds experienced. As we go to communion, maybe your kids don't know about communion and they're maybe too little for that and don't understand it. That's okay. Don't force it on them. Let them watch you and and tell them when you get back to your seat, when you open up the little cup and take the piece of bread, let it be a time when you just kind of tell them, hey, I just wanted to let you know, um, I'm inviting Jesus into my life. You know, you, you can do nothing greater for a child than to let them see their mommy or daddy depend on something bigger than themselves. What a great example. Heavenly Father, as we're in this place together, we thank you for your love. And God, you you took great pains at making that story fit everybody's life, speak to everybody's life. And now it's our turn, like the shepherds, to make haste and go see what you have told us about. So Father, in this moment of communion and worship, this candlelight moment that we'll have, just just speak into my niche, speak into all our niches. Even if the niche is all messy and broken and poured out, God, bring the light of the world into our lives today. I invite you into this communion moment.